You're listening to the Truth and Love Ministries Church Podcast with Pastor Isaac Nunn. All right, when's the last time you sat down and really thought about what God's Word says? I mean, truly thought about what it means for your life and how you interact with the people around you. The Bible is very clear on the power of meditating on God's Word, and it declares that doing so can transform our lives. For instance, think about this. The Word says Jesus didn't let sin separate us from Him, so why do we allow it to separate us from other people? We know we're all different and that we all make mistakes, so why do we let our differences and issues keep us from unifying and loving one another? In our series, Think About It, Pastor Nyan explores questions like these that we should just think about. Let's think about it again. Read what it says because it didn't say reason. A lot of times we have a tendency to want to reason things out. I don't want you to reason it out. I don't want you to just meditate with me. Just think with me. Just think about what we're talking about. Consider it. Let God speak to you. Let him minister to you. Mull over it. Do like the cow. Chew it. Don't spit it up. <laughs> just chew it. <laughs> chew on it a little while. Yeah, just chew on it a little while. So, let's start with Matthew chapter 7, verse number 21 through 27. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. He said, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I want you to think about first, before we move from that point, I want you to just see what it's saying. He said, now, there's going to be a lot of them in that day, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And, and he said, didn't we cast out demons in your name? And he said, in thy name we done many wonderful works. All right. I believe when he put many wonderful works up there, he covered everything. He covering, giving away the book bags, giving away turkeys. He giving away, he talking about feeding the poor. He talking about the coat rally. You know, where the guy, little boy was raised, getting coats from everywhere and, and, uh, and uh, giving them to people that was in areas that didn't have coats. He, he just mentioning everything. He said, now, he said, now, y'all done many wonderful works, but and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Then he went on to say, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon what? A rock. And it said, now the rains descended. The floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it did what? It fell not. Why? Because it was founded where? On the rock. Then he said, Now everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Same thing happened. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. I want you to see now, now that the first house was built on what? The rock. This one was built on the sand. Both of them received the same storm. And the second one failed. Everything that we attempt to build or do, it has to have a solid foundation in order for it to stand the storms of life or have any value. I remember when they were doing the, uh, the uh, fellowship hall how the man dug a two-foot hole and how he had to lay the rebar in the bottom of the hole all the way around. I remember when we first started, we, 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 when I first saw that happen, we were building the shop behind my house, me and my dad and my brother and, and Reverend Baker, I think it was, we were building that shop. And I'm thinking, you know, you just start, go out there and just start laying wood on the ground. My dad said, we gotta do a two-foot, we gotta do a footing. Yeah. So I'm like, what is a footing? So he, I, you know, we had to dig two feet in the ground, and then they pour the concrete in, and then they come across it with the, with the, uh, with your foundation. 
Most folk don't. If you don't do that, guess what's going to happen? The whole building probably going to crumble because it don't have anything to stabilize it. Now they do what they call a, the footing and the foundation is tied together in one piece. But everything we do have to have a foundation. If it's going to stand the storms of life or have any value. Okay. That foundation that we build upon has to be what? It's got to be love. It's got to be love. Now, it's going to make sense when we get there. But I want you to understand, I want you to think back to what Jesus just said. He said, now there's going to be many that are going to come in my name and they're going to do what? They're going to prophesy. He said, they're going to cast out devils and said, they're going to do many wonderful works. But Jesus is going to look at those people and say, depart from me because I never knew you. So we got to figure out if they can do works that where they operate in the spirit, then how can he tell them to depart? Because we're missing the foundation. Everything got to have a foundation. Now, there are three foundational truths that have to be in place first in order for love to work properly. Three foundational truths. If I ask y'all what they are, I wonder could y'all tell me. What are the three foundational truths? Let me see how smart y'all are before I go on. What's the three foundational truths that got to be in place in order for love to work? Okay, I'll tell y'all. I'll tell y'all. Now, this is the first one. This is the first one. Now, when I was thinking about this, you know, a lot of times we get caught up with the first, what Jesus said. When, the, when he asked him, what is the two greatest commandments? He said, I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. And he said, the second one is like unto it, I shall love thy neighbor as thyself. But I believe that we have to know and believe that God loves us. Amen. Now, I don't think many people actually give this the time and the consideration that's necessary for it to truly get down in our hearts. Because that's going to be critical. That's going to be critical. It's going to be critical. Now, look at this. For God so loved Jennifer, that he gave his only begotten son, that if she believes in him, she should not perish but have everlasting life. How about that? So I didn't put it up that way y'all thought it was going to be up there because y'all already know what John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world, right? But see, this is what I'm trying to get you to see. This is how you got to read it. This is how you got to read it. We really need to get a revelation that God don't necessarily so much love the world, he loves Jennifer. And not only do he love Anita too, see that? Yeah. He gave his only begotten son that if she'll believe in him, she won't perish but have everlasting life. We got to come to the place where we stop reading that as a general statement and read it as a personal statement and actually put our names in it because it is critical that you know that God loves you. It's critical to everything that we do, everything we believe, that we know that God loves us. And I'm going to tell you why in a, in, a, in a minute. But 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says, Here in this love, look now, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, when God, he didn't love us, we didn't love him, he loved us, and then he did something about it. Okay? He didn't, he, didn't just, he didn't just say he loved us, he did something about that love. He saw something between us, something that kept us from him, and he did something about it. Okay? Now, the first revelation that a believer needs is the revelation that God loves them and to truly understand the depth of that love. 
I believe that every person, I hadn't done it, but you know what? I believe that in our new beginner class, the first thing we need to teach people is that God loves them. Because you got to have that foundation. It's going to be critical to your growth. It's going to be critical to if you stay. <laughs> I mean, think about who we are. Think about really who we are. When we think about ourselves, what do we really... Now, 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 I can't think bad about Rico because I don't know him as well as Rico know Rico. I may see some things, but there are some things I don't see that's probably worse than I ever dream of that Rico has done that I don't even know about. In the same way with me and everybody else in here. So what is the devil going to use when he's trying to take you away? Them little secrets, them little, them little, those little things that we've done that we don't want nobody to know, we think don't, don't nobody know. He's going to try to use that to get us where? Away from God. He's going to try to, that's his goal, to get us away from God with the things that we know about ourselves. But see, we got to understand the depth of God's love. Think about what he said about Jeremiah, when he told Jeremiah. He said, when you was in your mother's womb, before you was in your mother's womb, I already knew you. He said, when you was in your mother's mess, I knew you. And we got to understand, number one, that God knows you and still loves you. He still loves you. So I believe it's critical that that new believer, and for us that hadn't done it, you know, we, we've learned John 3.16, but do we have it in our heart to a place and a point where I know that I know that I know that I know God loves me. Think about Romans chapter 8. What did he say? Nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? Do we believe it? Do we really have it deep down in our hearts that nothing can separate me from the love of God? Okay. It has nothing to do with what you do, have done, or will do. This is not a love that's based on merits. It ain't based on how good you've been, how good you're going to be, how good you have been, and none of that. It has nothing to do with that. We base God's love for us just as we do the love of others on performance. Now, we can say we don't do that all day long, but the truth of the matter is, you do good, proud of you, sister. God does it because of who he is. We love based on how we do. How we do. It's sad. We try. But the bottom line, this is pretty much what we come back to. We come back to performance. Very few people love because of who they are. If it can be earned, it would take the power from God and give it to us. In other words, if I can earn God's love, I can put God in my debt, and I can remind him, hey, now, you love me because A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. That's why you love me. But it has nothing to do with us. What we do, what we've done, or what we will do is all based on who God is. Now, number two. The natural response would be, after I experience his love for me, that I love him back. Wouldn't it? Don't that make sense? I don't believe we do it. But it makes sense that we, after I, now, now if we do number one and get a true revelation that God loves us, there's nothing can separate us from it. There's nothing I can do, nothing I've done, nothing I will do that will separate me from God. Then my natural response is, now, man, I found out God loved me. I'm going to love him back. I'm going to love him back. 1 John 4, 19 says what? We love him. Why? Because I found out he loved me. I found out. He, I, I've come to the realization and the revelation that God loves me. 
Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. He said, now, because you know, you, you know that he loves you, this is how you're supposed to love him back. Okay? Number three. And because he loves us, and we love him, we must therefore love each other. I'm going to mess y'all up in a minute. Y'all think y'all right there with me and think y'all know where I'm going, but I'm going to mess you up in a minute. I'm going to mess you up in a minute. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and mess you up now. Okay, here we go. Nobody, everybody understands number one, right? What's number one? That I got to have that revelation to understand that God loves me. That's number one. That's critical. That's a part of my foundation. That's critical to my foundation. Number two is that once I realize he loves me, it's my responsibility to do what? Just love him back. Now, before we say number three, let me ask you a question. How are we supposed to love him back? Loving him back got to be number three. See, now, there's a lot of times that we try to love God and not you. Yeah, it can't because, because my, the evidence, and remember, line upon line, precept upon precept, scripture upon scripture, he said, they're going to know you, my disciples, by what? By your love. He said, now, he said, a man has been born of God when he do what? When he loves. So what he's telling us is, he said, now, you got to understand and get a revelation that I love you, then in turn you got to love me back, but the manifestation of that love has got to be shown to each other. So if you want to you show me that you love God, you got to love me. Amen. We got to love each other. That's why he went on to say in 1 John, how can a man say he loved God who he had never seen and hate his brother who he see daily because his love has to be expressed to each other. Second commandment says it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay? Now, he said, now, beloved, if, if, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. If he loved us, I, I know he loved me. I'm going to love him back. And the way I'm going to love him back is by loving each other. Okay? Now, question. Are you struggling with trusting him, yielding to him, obeying him, serving him wholeheartedly? Then your main issue is understanding and believing that God loves you. You want to know why you're shaky? You want to know why you're flaky? You don't understand that God loves you. Because once you understand that he truly loves you, just as you are, nothing can separate you from him, then when you understand that, it's going to be easy to trust him. It's going to be easy to yield to him. It's going to be easy to obey him. It's going to be easy to serve him wholeheartedly. If you got an issue in any one of those areas, your issue is you don't understand and believe that God loves you. You don't understand and believe it. Okay? Here we go. Remember the foundation now. Foundation got to be love, right? He said, now, if I can speak with, in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is, as is inspired by God's love for and in us, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Man, I can speak not only all the languages on earth, but he said, I can speak the languages of heaven, angels. He said, I can do all of that and yet not have love, just making a bunch of noise. I'm just making a bunch of noise. Then he went on to say, 
He said, now, now I got prophetic powers, the gifts of interpreting divine will and purpose. And I understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge. And he said, if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Now, look what he say now. Prophetic powers. Man, this make you scared to go to some churches. I mean, we doing all, I mean, here, here we go. This is, this is Matthew chapter 7 again. This is Matthew chapter 7 again. What did he say in Matthew 7? He said, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name, and then many wonderful works in your name? But he said, I said, depart from me because I didn't know you. Now he's saying the same thing here. He said, now I got all of this prophetic power, gifts of interpreting divine will and purpose, and understand the secret truth and mysteries and possess all knowledge. Man, can you imagine having faith to remove a mountain and then God still say you ain't nothing? Because he's saying love is the foundation for everything in God. Okay, he said, now even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food and I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I might, that I might, I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. God said, if you give, if you do like Jesus and you give yourself up to be crucified, he said, still don't mean nothing if you don't do it out of love. Everything has to have a foundation and the foundation has to be love. Now, we're going to get on, when we get on into this, we're going to, all of us going to come to a realization that we, none of us is there. We think we, we some, 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 some of y'all might feel pretty good right now, but hang on, hang on. And then what I say right here, I say now, I'm talking about all them gifts and all this other stuff. It may draw me, but have no ability to sustain me or change me. A lot of folk drawn to a lot of stuff, but it can't sustain you nor change you. A lot of them calling us a, 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 a real call to a fake event. A real manifestation of power without the person. In other words, the power, it looked like the power of God is there, but the person ain't there. When he's talking about the gifts operating and all these things going on, a real gift without a foundation. In other words, he said, you're doing it with the wrong motive, with the wrong mindset, with the wrong attitude, and he said, I'm not in it. We must always test our motives for everything we do. Do we sacrifice our lives and possessions out of a loving obedience to the Lord, or do we have some other hidden motive? Does my action pass the test of the three foundational truths? What's the three foundational truths? I first got to realize God loved me. Second, do I love God? Third, do I love others? See, if, I, if, if, if my actions fail either one of those tests, then my motive is going to be wrong. I got to be Know that God loves me. If we get that first one right, if we get that first one right, the first one is that two-foot footing and the rebar in the bottom of it. If we get that right, if we get that right, the second one should fall right in line. The third one where we're going to have a little trouble. Because the third one requires me to do something with you, but if I got one and two right, three should be easy. Three should be easy. What are the foundation true? Have to believe and know that God loves us. Natural response, after I experience his love for me, is natural for me to love him back. The third one, because he loves us, we love him, we therefore manifest that love to each other. And you know what? The world, the world is looking for. The world is looking for. Look. By doing all three, I will be manifesting to the world how God feels about them. That's his purpose. That's God's purpose. God pur God's purpose is 
is for us to is for us to realize He loves us, to love Him back, and then man demonstrate that love, and not just to each other, but to everybody we encounter. Then the world the world will know, the world will see. That's what He said in John chapter three verse thirty four. They'll know you mine because of the love that you have one to another. Okay, love is a matter of choice, but what do I make my choice from? The actions of the other person or the commands of God and the kind of love he has shown to me. Most of the time, our choice is made by what? The actions of the other person. It's made by the other person and not by the command that God has shown me. Now, Donald Barnhouse wrote this. He said, he took the nine fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and showed how love shines through each one of them. Now, he said nine, I said eight. Because I believe love is the foundation. He said love is the key. So it's only eight if you, if you say love is the key. So joy is love singing. Peace is love resting. Long-suffering is love enduring. Kindness is love's touch. Goodness is love's character. Faithfulness is love's habit. Gentleness is love's self-forgetfulness. Self-control is love holding the rein. Is love holding the rein. Okay? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 say this. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Let me read it again. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other's, each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Always remember how patient has, God has to be with you. You know, everybody always, all of, how many folk really be honest and say you struggle with patience? Yeah. We struggle with patience, but we, if, if, we, if we can remember this while we're impatient, that he having to deal not only with the one you think you're dealing with, but he's dealing with you and a, and, a, and, a, and a trillion more of us. Instead, Ephesians 4.32 says instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. Kind, tenderhearted, forgiving. Forgiveness has to be at the core of every relationship. It will grow and develop not based on perfection. Forgiveness has to be the core of every relationship. If you base it on perfection, then it won't ever grow. It ain't going to ever work. Okay? Now, this is kind of sort of 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter that basically tells us what to do, what not to do, what love is, what love is not. Love don't ever give up. Let's go through these slow. This is, where, this is where we're going to find ourselves at. Now, let, let me say this before we get, to, get into it. God said this. He said, if you, if, you, if, you, if you steal and don't kill, you're still guilty, right? So you can't get nine of them right and miss one and still think you're right, can you? Okay. Just want to clear that up first. Love don't ever give up. That, 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 that killed about ten of us already. <laughs> love cares for others more than or love cares more for the for others than for self. That got the rest of us. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. If the first two didn't get us, number three did. And that's basically saying love don't envy. And how many folks have ever thought, why they got that? Amen. I deserve that. I should have that. Love does not strut, doesn't have a swell head. I see most of y'all can't hardly hold them up, they so big. <laughs> y'all like y'all like Dimitri when he was a little boy. You gotta keep that head in, in the right position because if you don't, it'll take you. 
Demetri come out that chair boy and that head took him, he was taking him to the door. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Oh man. I'm gonna skip that over. Doesn't keep score of sins of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna skip flying off the helm because that, that that one I think that one got us all right there. Yeah, if we if it missed the rest of flying off the helm got the best of. <laughs> Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Don't revel when others are grout when, when others grovel. In other words. You ain't up here partying while I'm down on the ground. You just happy while I'm down. Takes pleasure in the flower and the truth. Puts up with anything. Oh man, go on. Hey now, hey, we 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 we're done being cut. Now they're just shooting holes in our stuff. Yeah, just shooting holes in our stuff. Trust God always. Go on, man. Always look for the best. Let me alone now. Never look back. I can't even look forward for looking back. But keeps going to the end. But the only one that's true up there that, that, that don't kill us and love never dies. And see, we, what we got to understand is, this is why Paul was addressing this. See, the Corinthians was actually having arguments about spiritual gifts. I, I speak in tongues. This one, this one, this one. Prophesied, and this one doing all laying got the gift of healing and faith, and they were arguing about it. So Paul just cleared it up. He said, "Man, all of this stuff gonna go away." That's right. But there have been denominations that say it's already gone. They say it's already gone. Left with the apostles. That's not what Paul was saying. Paul said there's gonna come a day that we're not gonna need any of this. But he said, "Love gonna love gonna rule heaven. Love gonna rule heaven." He's when you get to heaven, you ain't gonna need to prophesy, you ain't gonna need to speak in tongues, you ain't gonna need to give some healing, you're not, not gonna need all, any faith, you're not gonna need all, any of that. He said, he's all all we gonna need when we get there, he said, love gonna last forever. Okay? Now, listen at this. Love is alive when it acts its way into feeling. Don't try to read all of it. Let's stay with the top one. Love is alive when it acts its way into feeling. In other words, I don't say I got to feel it first. I act, and then my feelings follow my action. Okay. It's dying when it feels but doesn't act. In other words, I feel God telling me to, to do something to show love, but I don't do it. And the last one is, it's dead when it no longer feel or acts. When it don't do either one. Love is, is completely dead when it, when it don't feel or act. Okay. Mature people understand that actions determine feeling. Let me simplify that. Let me simplify that one. Okay. I always take that to work. How many folk get up and don't feel like going, but as you go, you what? You start feeling better, don't y'all? Start feeling better. I done got up many days and thought I wasn't going to make it. But then I do like, I do like uh, that, uh, can't think of the cartoon, put one foot in front of the other. What is it? Yeah. Soon you'll be walking across the floor. Yes, sir. Put one foot in front of the other. Soon you'll be walking out the door. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Immature people think feelings determine action. In other words, they say, I got to feel it first. In other words, I ain't doing nothing for you because I ain't feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Now, if we're going to demonstrate love, then we got to do what the mature people do. We got to understand the action determines feeling. Okay? Now, C.S. Lewis said this. Now, listen at this, y'all. I need your undivided attention. This is deep. This is deep. Don't miss this. Quit trying to read ahead, brother Lewis. 
I'm trying to get your undivided attention first. I want to make sure you're with me, okay? C.S. Lewis said that to love at all is to be vulnerable. In other words, there ain't no way you're going to love and not put yourself out there. Loving anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken. How many folks agree with that? There ain't never been a time that I loved and, I, and, and it didn't get wrong. I mean, the joke took it and, and, and squeezed it at the folks there. And in some cases, broke it. Then he said, if you want to be sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one. Okay, let's soak in that. That ain't it. That ain't it. It's going to get real deep and ugly here in a minute. He said, now, he said, now, if you want to keep your heart intact, you don't want your heart broke. He said, don't give it to nobody. Don't love nobody. Okay? All right, here we go. Lock it up in a safe, in the casket or coffin of your selfishness, but in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken, but it will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The only place outside of heaven where you can be safe from all dangers of love is hell. That's heaven. That's heaven. He said, now, if you don't want it broke, he said, don't give it to nobody. He said, lock it up in a safe, in a casket or a coffin of your selfishness. But he said, in that casket, it's going to be safe, dark, motionless, airless. Your heart's still going to change. He said, it won't be broken. You know why it won't be broken? Because it's going to become hard, unbreakable. It's going to be impenetrable. In other words, God ain't going to be able to get in it. Irredeemable. God ain't going to be able to save it. He said, now the only place outside of heaven where you can be saved from all dangers of love is hell. So if you don't want no love, that's the only place you can be saved from it. Wow. The word says love one another as what? As Christ loved us. Love one another as Christ loved us. What does that mean? That's, no, that's another heavy one. That's another deep one. Now, look at this now. Jesus dying on the cross. He was not before nice people. He was not hanging before his friends. They hated him, spat on him, beat him. He was not in a nice church service where they were singing praises to him. They were asking for a murderer in his place and screaming, crucify him. And yet he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Now he said for us to love one another as what? Now, what was Christ's love placed? In a dangerous place, in a hard place, in a difficult place. Listen at this. I have found that people normally need to be loved the most when they deserve it the least. They need it the most when they deserve it the least. It doesn't keep score. It doesn't have a qualifying list. It's just unconditional. It doesn't keep score. It doesn't have a qualifying list. It is just plain unconditional. That's what he said. Now he said for us to love. Now think about what Jesus did now and what he said. Now his love was tested where? By people who what? Deserved it the least. Yes. But they what? Needed it the most. 
They needed it the most. They didn't deserve it, but they needed it. So, appeal to Jesus daily. Ask him to help you to love as he does and to surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. This is what you got to understand. This is what you got to understand. Everybody know that Jesus commands something. Why did he command it? He commanded because it's going to be hard. He commanded because he's saying, this is literally not optional. Now, stuff he didn't command, we might live with it, might live without it. Might get by, not, might not get by, I don't know. But what he commands, he said, this has to be done. I believe he commanded too because it's hard. It's hard. And I also believe he commands it because it's going to be, anytime, anytime God tells you to love somebody, what is he actually saying to you? There's somebody that, I mean, if, if, if he was just telling me that the love folk that were going to love me, that'd be easy, right? So by him commanding it, by us knowing it's going to be hard, by him telling us to love, he's actually telling us the ones that you're going to have to give it to ain't going to deserve it. Might not want it. They might crush you. When you're trying to give it to them, they may, they may step on you. They may resist you. They may reject you. They did Jesus. So by him telling us, by him commanding it, he, he's telling us, he's telling us something by simply commanding it. He's telling us, and, he, and this is what he said. He said, he said it all through. He said, now, love who? Your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Say all manner of evil against you falsely. He said, now, I'm going to put you in predicaments and situations where you're going to have to have it but it might not always be accepted. He said, I'm going to ask you to put yourself out there. Take a risk. Like I did. Because what he, what he, what he also said is, he said, love never fails. He said, and you know what? Here, here's the problem with love. Here's the problem with love and here's the problem with our love. We just ain't consistent enough. I'm gonna tell you what tell you what I, I, I've read, read and I've heard convicts say. When a man goes to prison, the first thing he does, for, the first thing the Muslims and all these gangs do, they start sending them a birthday card, and they send him a birthday card consistently. Until eventually he believes that they are the only somebody that care about him. What would happen if he sent one birthday card? Very rare you're going to get me. But what, he, what they do is they consistently do good deeds. They, they pull him in and say, hey, hey, we, we like family. You come on in with us, we'll protect you. Now if I just got the prison, he's speaking my language. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking around at all the, you know, everybody playing bad that first day. Yeah, they got to they gotta make their stand that first day. They got to determine that, hey, hey, I ain't taking it. <laughs> you know, they, they say you got to whip the biggest one that first day if you're going to survive. Yeah, when he walk up to you, just start lighting to him. <laughs> Don't wait. <laughs> find that find the one that everybody's scared of and go and get it. <laughs> because what they do, they try they trying to convince you that they care about you. 
That's how gangs win. They, that's how gangs get their members. They said that the average gang member is inducted into a gang because he feels like he don't have family, that's nobody else. How and he said, this is the only family I got. Or they go in for a reason or for some kind of safety or some kind of, some, some kind of security. And when they do, that's what happens to them. But guess what? Our love is inconsistent. We don't do it long enough. We don't, we, we're, not, we're not consistent. That's why he said, he said love will never fail. He said it won't ever fail. So what will make it fail? Not working. Uh, not doing it. Not doing it. If we do it, we do it consistently. We do it right. We love like Jesus loved. And that's why he said it had to be unconditional. Unconditional. And the truth be told, every person needs to ask Jesus daily to help them. Help us to love. And then we need to surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible said the love of God been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to prompt you to do acts of love, which is going to change you, change your feelings, change everything about you. But you got to yield to it. If we don't yield to it, it's going to die. Remember the, remember the first one that said love is at its best when it's, I can't even remember what it said now. It's dying when what? Yeah. It's dead when it don't feel or act. It's dying when it feel when it when it feels but don't act. Don't act. So how many times have we put love to sleep? Yes, sir. And almost to death. We hear the voice of God telling us to do something for somebody and yet we don't do it. Most of the time. If we are to survive. And I want, you to, I want you to just reflect back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when he said what? He said, if I give my body to be burned, I give all my possessions to the poor, he said it does what? It profits me nothing. So he's actually telling me that my giving can actually be affected by love. That's why we, gotta, we, gotta, we really need to examine our motives in what we do. Why do we do what we do? Because if the motive is right, remember, remember that God is not looking at hands, he's looking at hearts. He's looking at thoughts, he's looking at intents. And we really need to ask ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing? Are we doing it for some kind of gain? Are we doing it for some kind of fame? Are we doing it so somebody can see us? What, what's the real motive? And that's why I say we need to go back to number one. Number one is getting the revelation that God loves you. Get a revelation that God loves you, and then you realize you don't have to perform for him. That's true. That's true. You, can real, you can realize that he loves you because of who you are, and you don't have to try to be somebody to, to get him to love you. Amen. You don't have to try to earn his love or deserve his love. How about we already got it? Because our mindset being all our lives is what? I got to do something to get it. I got to perform to get love. And see, what we do is we transfer these thoughts and attitudes no, to God. Right, and then we get to God and we feel like we got to do some things to, to get him to accept us and love us. But he said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He said, we were like sheep going astray. Every man turned to his own way, but God laid on him the iniquity of us all. So we weren't even thinking about God. And here he is. He, he was... He, he was in love with us before we ever even knew he was there. Before we ever knew he existed. So we got to get to the fact where we're sure and secure that he loves us. I would challenge everybody in this room to just, just sit this week and meditate on John 3.16. And do it just like I had it. For God so loved Anthony that he gave his only begotten son that if, that if he'll believe in him, he won't perish but have everlasting life. Meditate on the fact that God loves you and he said there's nothing, nothing that can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Nothing, nothing, nothing. 
Think about that. And then, I mean, think about it to a point where you just come, I mean, you, you, you feel fear leaves. It'll stop you from not trusting him. It'll make you want to serve him. It'll help you be committed because you realize, man, as bad as I am, as good as God is, he still loves me anyway. He still loves me anyway. And then that ought to make you want to do what? Love him back. Once I love him back, then I'm going to show that love to God that he gave me by us loving each other. By us loving each other. Let us pray. Lord, we just bless you. We praise you. We worship and honor you. And Lord, we ask for your help. We ask for your help. The one foundation that everything in this world is based upon, the one thing that we need the most, the one thing that threatens our security, robs of us, robs us of our peace, steals our joy, is the fact that we feel that we need to perform and to do things to be accepted and loved. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a revelation and an understanding that you love us and loved us before we ever even knew you. I pray, Lord, that you would take us on a journey and let us see all the times that we didn't even know you were there and you were keeping us and protecting us. You were demonst demonstrating your love to us. Keeping us from danger. Keeping us alive. Preserving us until you could save us. I pray, Lord God, that you would give us a revelation of that genuine, true love and that when we realize it, I believe number two will be automatic. We'll just, just fall in love with you. We just fall in love with you because we see how much you really love us. And Lord, once we see how much you love us, I pray that we'll have a desire to want to love you back and the way we love you back is by loving each other. I pray, Lord, that you would deliver us, liberate us, separate us from strife, division, chaos. Bring peace into the body, unity, harmony, so that we can flow and function and the world can see that we belong to you by the love that we have one for another. We bless you, we praise you, we thank you, we honor you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That was Pastor Nunn with our series, Think About It. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe and share with someone you know. And tune in next week for more sermons from Truth and Love Ministries Church.